Welcome to the Wellness Vault Podcast from Your House Fitness, the podcast that talks about fitness, nutrition, lifestyle, health, and wellness. Hello, welcome to the Wellness Vault Podcast from Your House Fitness. My name is Sergio, and today we're joined by the wonderful, beautiful Lee Voice. Yes, yes, yes. He is here in the house, and I'm speaking in the third person. What am I doing? Yes, no, that's great. That's great. No, we'll talk about it. Thank you so much for joining me, Lee. How are you doing today? Not bad. How are you? I am very well. So, so Lee, I've known you for, for a bit now. Um, I love what you do. So tell our listeners um, about just the whole you. I want, I want you to, I want the eagle to come out, the whole, no, because I want our listeners to know what you do. And like, yeah, so just tell us about yourself. I've uh, been in the game for about 12 years in fitness, and uh Started out just being a trainer, working for a commercial gym, and uh, that sort of made itself in into um, doing a little bit of uh, work at a medical clinic for a couple of years. Then after that, I got more into the writing side of things and trying to sort of start a path towards education for a lot of uh, other professionals and, of course, for, for clientele. And so... Currently, I work for myself. I'm in my seventh year working solo and uh, doing a lot of articles and uh, content and media and so on, um, television, speaking engagements, you name it. And uh, what else can I say? And uh, I'm also a college professor, so there's that. So I'm trying to help a lot of uh, aspiring trainers and also trying to uh, help a lot of people who are just in the industry uh, as young trainers or even people who aren't trainers at all who just want to get in better shape and they want to learn uh, from the good quality resources, which I hope to be. Boom, and, and that is true. And uh, and you're also a writer. Um, who do you write for? Um, it's a lot of different publications. So places like Men's Health, Men's Fitness, Muscle and Fitness, Muscle and Strength, Oxygen for Women, um, Shape I've written for as well, Huffington Post. I write for the National Strength and Conditioning Association as well in terms of uh, scholarly, scholarly peer-reviewed stuff. So uh, I'm in a lot of journals and a lot of, uh, a lot of uh, more commercial mainstream magazines too. And of course, I got my own blog. Boom. And that's without a, a list in his hand, eh? That's uh, a... <laughs> <laughs> I know. And uh, yeah, so I've been following your thing for a while. Um, I'm the type of person that... Uh, I'm the stalker that I'll kind of look, read, not comment. Yeah. You know, there's so many of us out there like that. <laughs> yes. But um, yeah, man, you've been doing great things. Um, when, did you, when did you get started with writing? Uh, I was 22. So it would have been 2009. Um, I was only a couple of years into the industry, but um, I had... Uh, I had few ideas I wanted to share and uh, I did things backwards because it got published first before I put out a blog or before I even started a website with a blog on it so I, I did it the other way around whereas most people should would and should I recommend do it uh, where they have content out there first where they have a reliable blog and generate traffic that way and then an editor would probably be much more keen on on uh, publishing their stuff because they're familiar with it but yeah I started by getting published and that was a little painstaking but I got it done that way. Oh, that's great and i was telling you earlier that uh um you're a little bit more known than what you think you're known for um, i was telling you um and that's i mean it's great it's good i was telling you hey man there's this guy that i was talking about me it's like who is it it's like you don't know him i, I guarantee <laughs> you don't know him but uh your strength training background where does that come from um, my strength training background comes, I'd say a combination of, uh, of course study, but, uh, stuff that I studied in school myself and the sports that I played. So, um, in high school it was, it was track and field. It was football. It was basketball. Those were the main sports that I did, especially as a senior. And, um, that's where the background for power explosiveness and strength training and barbell work and all that stuff came from. And it was just reinforced through things that I learned in university. And of course, um, the training that I did as a trainer when I started up. So strength is, uh, it's, it's a key 
key key component and something that I believe in the most um, for most people as long as they approach it maturely. And so, yeah, I'm sure we're going to end up getting into that later on, but it's uh, it's it's definitely the one of the most important things that people should focus on if they don't have a baseline of fitness yet. And let's lead into what is your why? Why do you do the things that you do? Um, if you want to main reasons. The first one is because I do want to be respected in the industry. I want to have the respect of my peers more so than anything else um, to A, belong, but B, because I've been inspired so much by a lot of the people who are older cats and older vets in the game that uh, I look up to and I want to just follow in their footsteps. And so that's the main reason why I do uh, what I do. And second of all, because I do want to help people. And so, of course, helping other people to uh, to get a lot of derive a lot of value from what I have to put out or get benefits from it or help them start a career doing what they're doing uh, as, as trainers or coaches. Um, that's my second goal as well. So I, I, and they sort of go hand in hand, you know, you, you derive respect or you attain respect because of the fact that you helps people. So I, I'll, I'll take it both ways. Oh, that's good. And uh, you, your, your articles are very controversial. I mean, at least for me, because it's what a lot of people in the industry will won't want to say, but you say, which is great because you're. It, there's a lot of pretend in this industry. Yeah. Um, yeah. Why? why? Why be outspoken like that? That is that was like a, such a grassroots decision that I made around 2011 or so. Um, I had a website that um, I've had that was. Uh, previous to the one, the version of the one that uh, everyone can see now. And uh, it had stuff about, you know, six ways to increase your bench press and different things about fitness training and direct training content that I had. But I am already a little bit of a different type of person than most people, especially in this industry when it comes to, I don't know, my belief systems or the way that I conduct my day-to-day -day life even. And because of that, I thought that it would be good to use my blog, if anything, as sort of a medium for a different train of thought than what is generally accepted train of thought as far as fitness culture goes. And I am very against the grain when it comes to fitness culture, and I kind of see through a lot of things. And because of that, I found that, you know, exposing a lot of issues that are what I consider dysfunctions in the industry needed to be done. And nobody else was really doing much of that. Or if they did, it was in the odd piece of writing here and there. So I wanted my blog, especially not the articles that I write for, for, for money or anything like that, but the blog that I write for myself, I, I wanted that blog to contain a lot of, um, a lot of just counterintuitive content that goes against the grain and that forces a little bit of outside the box thinking that has nothing to do with actual exercises and more to do with just the sociocultural aspect of fitness culture, you know, and so that's why I sort of decided to do that. And it's kind of been an ongoing thing for the last seven years, even though I don't blog as consistently as someone who puts something out every week. If I do something once a month, you know, it's going to be that kind of content. And you know that I'm going to, we'll, we'll have thought about it for quite some time to put out that content. And it takes time. That, that's the thing. Yeah. You're uh, yeah, your words are great. And, uh, it does take time. It does, uh, and there's levels to capacity and the amount of people. You're a one, you're a one man army. Yeah. Um, and no man, it's it's great. So what what are one of those challenges that you see in our industry, in the fitness industry? Um, well, you see, this is an industry of extremes. You know, it's an extreme. It's an extremely polarized industry where you can't be a little bit of one thing and a little bit of another thing. And even when you do see the jack of all trades type of thing, it's bastardized in itself. Like I think about CrossFit, for example, right? And CrossFit is 
great inherently, but at the same time, you have people who they take that to the next level in terms of the mania surrounding it and how you should train day in and day out and what pushing it really means, et cetera. Right. And, um, you know, to be okay or be competent at every genre of fitness is a fantastic idea. But when it starts getting into the wrong hands or when it starts getting to the wrong minds or the wrong spokespeople start promoting it, all of a sudden you have a problem. Now that's just one of many examples that I can give in terms of polarity in the industry. If you start talking about fitness culture as well, start talking about people who are being inspired by certain influencers or, or different uh, Instagram famous people, um, or you want to talk about uh, the, the condition of the industry as regards um, fitness competition and uh, training for your maxes all the time, or what strength training should mean, or whether or not a lift is more popular than another lift, and so on and so forth. Or we go on the other side of the spectrum, we talk about people who are, are, are constantly looking to have certain insecurities coddled and reinforced rather than confronted and beaten. You know, These are all things that I try to touch on a little bit in the content that I put out. And um, things that I notice that, that might be real issues within the industry that are causing people to have uh, uh, stymies to their progress and, and could lead to injury, could lead to psychological or mental damage, which isn't my echelon, but at the same time, it, it definitely has influences from fitness stuff. So uh, I, I do touch on that stuff too. It does. And, and I'm, so, so here's the thing, I'm, I'm on Instagram, you know, Twitter, whatever the, whatever the hell it is nowadays. And it's, it's just so interesting because like, I'll, I'll get these, like these posts, random posts, these booty posts or these one rep max posts. <laughs> and that's, that's fine. It's great. I'm not hating on that. I, I do get pissed and like, I shouldn't get pissed, but the reason why, cause I see some, if somebody that's starting is that's the first thing they're seeing. Yeah. That's not right. Yeah. yeah, that's not. It's not about the booty or the one red max or the X, Y, and Z. Yeah. So, yeah, as as an influencer, like, uh, what are your thoughts about that? Because that's a whole generation. Yeah, that's a whole generation, and you know, we've because of social media, you know, it's I call it kind of like a blessing and a curse because of the fact that yeah, it makes inter information much more readily available, and you can, you know, you can self publish stuff, and you could put all sorts of content out, and so on. But it's also, you know, pending the fact that you are a good example to other people. You know, when you have a bunch of beginners who are out there who are looking for good quality training content or lo looking for good quality people to sort of like, you know, model their training after or even be influenced by to get out of a psychological rut that they're in or something else, you know, it seems like we we discount the idea that those people who are looking for that, that stuff aren't ready to overlook a whole bunch of character flaws or issues or polarity or, or single track minded ways of thinking that those influencers might have. Um, and you know, when you start making this fitness thing and this training thing into being about more than what it is, then we run into trouble. That's when we start getting into problems. When all of a sudden this stuff crosses over into a bunch of life coaching, unwarranted life coaching, unsolicited life coaching by somebody who's not even a life coach or has the credentials of a life coach, we have a problem, you know, because it also implies that the person who's doing this coaching has it all figured out. And there's no reason why they should be saying that or, or taking such liberties of, of speaking that way, you know. All of a sudden, person, people don't want to be followed for their fitness content. They want to be followed as people. And that's a problem, you know. I don't want to be followed as a person. I'd like to be followed 
as a fitness person, you know? I want people to know me as Lee the trainer or Lee the coach, but not not about following. I'm not some kind of some divine thing, you know what I mean? So uh, that's sort of the that's sort of the angle that I take towards it and why I think that there might be a little bit of a problem with all this stuff. Oh yeah, and uh, it is funny. I, I strongly feel about that, but I'm going to leave it there so we don't uh, cuz we could do we could do 2 hours on this. Yeah, but uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's an interesting interesting field. Um, I'll kind of cut it there, but <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a very interesting field, man. I, um, I, I can personally go on for days with it as well, but, uh, and I just try to keep it, I try to keep it thorough while staying kind of, I want to say while staying polite towards any group that is under the microscope or any area of fitness or whatever that's under the microscope. That's yeah. What I try. And, and it all comes down to education. So the reason why I mostly say it is just because I will get, we'll get three to five leads a day. And in terms of the leads, the, the clientele that we get is really random. And you'll find people that are expecting results. Like, listen, I want to lose 20 pounds in three months. And then you're like, okay, well, I, I need to now educate you and to, into teaching you why is, is that not possible for you because you haven't been tra- like there's so many aspects of the game yeah, yeah um yeah how do you how would you educate how, how would you show how would you educate somebody on that well it's got to be pretty black and white you know right off the right off the bat if you tell somebody what to expect and what not to expect then you're off to a good start but on top of it um just making sure that you make make them aware that as a trainer, our job isn't to create the change. Our job is to be navigators, to direct somebody towards that change. Put somebody on the right path, and you can catalyze this by coming in for sessions with me, but at the same time, it's the rest of the day and the rest of the week and so on that you're responsible for yourself. Um, So it all depends really on just how much work physically and nutritionally and rest-wise and recovery-wise and so on, how much work you're willing to put into it to, to make those changes happen that you want and to meet those goals. And whether that's a performance-related goal or whether that's a physique-related goal or whatnot, it's it's all the same. It all depends on how much you put into it. And we're this, we're just there to steer you along the path, and that's basically it. And in leading into that, my, my thing is, um, and I, I wrote about it, what about the yes man and the yes woman? So why do exactly what do I mean by that? You go to two different trainers. Yeah. You go to one trainer established as yourself that you're taking a limited amount of clients because you want to work with clients that are want to make a positive change, yep. right? Versus a trainer that just started that wants to book in their schedule. Right. Right. So you get the same goals, but your goals are realistic. You're like, and, and I, I get this all the time because it, it's always that, but oh, the other company said I could lose 20 pounds in two months and not expect like why it's the used car salesman approach man like that's something where you start getting away from an actual goal-oriented trainer and somebody who's being realistic with you and getting into someone who wants to push volume and who wants to get your money for lack of a better term you know if you tell somebody that you can get, so it's just like, look at any infomercial, you know, reshape your body in six weeks. I remember that phrase specifically when it came to a certain product that was out there, you know, um, 20 minutes a day, three days a week, reshape your body in six weeks. And I'm sure there was like 
40 pages of fine print underneath all of that oh, that no man. one could read on the screen, <laughs> right? But that's, 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 those are the gimmicky kind of trendy fitness things that people want to hear because people don't want to work hard for what they want and people want to be, they want to take any shortcut they can and people want to be congratulated for their efforts once they do, you know? And though it's, it's not a real, it's not a path towards a sustainable result. It's a path towards some kind of a result, but not a sustainable one. So if you want to take a T-Tox diet or you want to take a six-week crash program that uh, says that you can get really, really ripped or fit or whatever in the next month, well, do it, but just don't expect those results to stick around. And if you talk to anybody who's got the body that you want or whatever it is, then chances are they've been at this game for a really, really long time to get that body that you want, you know? And um, something to remember is that, you know, if we want results, then we're gonna have to put in the time. It took time for us to get out of shape, and it's not, it didn't happen overnight. So it's gonna take just as long or longer for us to get back into shape or to get uh, even more in shape than we currently are. It takes time. It does, it does take a lot of time. And that, that's why, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's so interesting. And um, yeah, I, I just, when clients tell me that, like, oh, but this training can guarantee me this results based on what? On pictures? Because you don't know what that person consumed. And there's, there's a lot of steroids out there that, that, that do magic as well. Yep. But the long-term effect is um, X, Y, Z, right? It, 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 there's a lot of negative. There's a lot of, there's, there's, there's more con than there are pros. Yep. Pros is I'm here and I look good for a, a week and then you stop using it. Right. Have you had any experience with a client kind of, hey, want to use this? What do you think about this? And what's your educational process to educate them on that? Right. Um, well, you know, it's I've had people who have come to me asking uh, about like certain supplements or aggressive supplements. Like we're even talking about performance enhancing drugs and so on. And again, there's so many of them that serve many different purposes under the same umbrella that you really have to know what you're doing if you are going to go that route. That's number one. But number two is asking, just like how you asked me the why in terms of why I do what I do, um, asking the client the why in terms of what they really want to get out of this, especially if they're not like 18 or 20 years old where they're still kids and they haven't really like seen life yet, for lack of a better term. You know, when you're 30 and 35 and, and 40 and so on, and you're talking about trying to use clenbuterol and you want to use Anavar and Anadrol 50 and all this other stuff, it's like you can do that and display a short-term version of yourself or get the aesthetic gains that you're looking for. But at the end of the day, what is this going to do? And is this going to solve whatever problems that you're having that, that you're having with not having this right now, you know, or will it just turn into what the next thing is, right? So we have to start sort of asking ourselves, and you know, this is actually something that the body positive movement that, you know, I, I, I give it credit for is that, in, especially in the case of a lot of women who are out there who might be dealing with, um, you know, body image insecurity and stuff like that is a, it definitely puts under the microscope, well, who are you really trying to impress here? Is this for everyone else or is this for you yourself? And if it's for you yourself, then maybe we should examine this a little bit further and figure out why, right? What, figure out why this particular image or this particular goal is exactly what you have and not something else that's more sustainable, right? So um, paralleling that to this, in this case, you know, when it comes to steroid use or when it comes to performance enhancing drugs or, you know, anything else that's very, very, um, you know, superficially inclined for lack of a better term, even if it is a strength PR, if you want to come in deadlift 800 pounds well it's great to do I guess but why is the question and if you can have an honest conversation about that and 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 that still stays 
within the realms of being oriented toward that goal and not maybe modifying it and changing it to be something that's more realistic or more attainable, something that doesn't keep you in a place of danger and so on. Um, that's, that's a very important thing for us to, it's a very important thing for us to sort of consider. So I like asking that one question of why before, uh, before we even move forward. It's important. It's, it's one of the most important questions. And I try to ask it to all the people I, I bring in the show because uh, yeah, I mean, and you get all different types of responses, but it's just once you've been in the game for a while, yeah. that that answer develops itself, yeah, and it becomes really second nature. You don't have to even think about it, but it does take time. It does, you know. Um, again, like you, you want to show if you something about doing like a contest or a physique contest or something like that. Hey, it's pretty impressive, but again, these people when they're on stage, they're displaying the shortest term version of themselves. They're displaying the weakest version of themselves as relative to their the, the, the fitness that they've had around that contest. They're displaying the most malnourished version of themselves and the most dehydrated version of themselves. Yet this is the sort of thing that a lot of people, a lot of people who don't know any better, will look up, look up to. Is That's what they want to look like. That's what they want to perform like and so on when these people are really, really putting their bodies through the ringer sometimes. So it's, uh, it's definitely a perspective changer when somebody is out there to sort of expose those things things and you know I try to do my part as best as I can um, it, it's it's something that can put what real health should look like what real strength should look like what real goals should look like because nobody everybody thinks about being big strong rip, ripped and freakish and all that stuff like that's cool but nobody thinks about what they will function like when they're 86 years old and that's what my emphasis is that it's great to have beast mode workouts. It's great to have a beast mode phase. It's great to lift everything in the gym. It's great to have those workouts where you want to crawl out of the gym because of how tired you are and how much you just pummeled yourself. It's great to have visible abs and look lean and ripped and have striations showing in your chest. It's great to have all that stuff. It's great to look like a beast. Believe me, I want to look like a beast. But at the same time, we have to know when to close the door on certain things compared to others. You know, um, if a steroid is something that you're thinking is going to be the answer to all your questions. What about what's going to happen when you're 65 or 70? What are the long-term effects of a lot of these things? What are the long-term effects of having your 700-pound deadlift goal? Is there any sort of negative ramifications that can come with such a supposedly good thing that you're going after, you know? People think that there should be no ceiling on how strong you decide to get. Oh, there I beg, I beg oh, to differ, yeah. you know? So, um, you know, just even from a coaching perspective, I think that coaches have a responsibility to sort of expose this and, and talk a little bit more about this or or communicate this a little bit more toward their clients because, you know, for the longest time I thought that you shouldn't ever not be training for strength, you know, and it's not the case. We are sacrificing a lot of different aspects of fitness. There are 11 aspects of fitness, health and skill related that we have to keep in mind. And strength is just one of them that can spill over to others, but it's not the end all and be all. And once you get strong, it's not about getting stronger. It's about staying strong and doing other things, too, that can help that cause. Well, sustaining. I mean, a, a perfect example is Ronnie Coleman. That's a yeah. perfect, like, look at Ronnie. And, again, Ronnie Coleman, uh, God bless his soul, he was squatting. He was, in the documentary, he was saying he was squatting. Uh, 800. 800. But from his 30s to his 40s, he just got stronger. Went from 600 to 700 to 800 yeah. in 10 years. Yeah. And see, and we see the aftermath of it now, right? And, you know, we will idolize as a culture certain people who, and you know what, this isn't even just training culture. We could talk about it in anything. We talk about businessmen. 
We talk about training. We talk about sports in that world, you know. We think about the best people to ever do what they do. And we, we seem to willfully ignore the clinically obsessive roots that most of these things came from and most of these drives and these desires probably started from and where they spawned from, right? We forget about the fact that these people might have put their families on the side to, to pursue what they're doing. These people might have foregone even having a family to pursue what they want, which is no problem with that. But if that is something that we want, then maybe it's not realistic to go after or model ourselves after the people who are at the top of what they do um, and who are making all kinds of money doing it and who are in that sort of echelon that we, we idolize, right? So in the case of like the Coleman's, for example, well, we see he's had 10 surgeries, I believe, to this point, double hip replacement. The documentary showed it all. Um, and we're like, is there really... Is that fulfillment? Is that fulfillment? You know, the guy is 51 years old. We're trying to live until we're 100 years old. So what about the quality of our life going forward? Would you forego being the strongest person in the room for probably a two or three year stretch to be stronger than most people for 80 years? I would. I think that most people should. You know, I wouldn't want to be the strongest if it meant that I had a shelf life. I want to be stronger than people. I don't want to be the strongest person because that's going to come with a few drawbacks and a few um, ramifications and a little bit of collateral damage that I don't want to endure. Yeah, and uh, well, yeah, so, I mean, it's long, it's it's also educational, it comes from where, where, where your background is, from your parents to, to kind of analyzing short-term goals versus long-term goals and yeah. so and i know it's it's everybody's i just want to say everybody but i'm just seeing lately a lot of short-term 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 and when when i get a client that tells me or a person hey i want to do x y and z long-term i'm just wow this is this is a fresh of breath there yeah. and it inspires the trainer or it, it and to, to kind of push you towards, you know, getting better results at that. Right. You know, it's music to the ears of a trainer or to a coach because of the fact that they know that they have a long-term client coming around. But second of all, because there, 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 there are voices of reason that are actually sort of taking that are taking for the client. In other words, there, there, are people are, there are people out there who are saying the right things and there are people out there who are listening to the right things and they want to approach this the proper way. You know, short-term gratification is the perfect line because of the fact that you think about Instagram, you think about Snapchat, you think about Twitter, you think about the internet as a whole and there's so much just short-term stuff out there where it's you read this and then a minute later or a day later or whatever, that's obsolete and it's on to the next thing. Uh, we do... I think that we really fuel the fire in a bad way with things like progress photos and selfies and things like that that we're putting up on our social media all the time. And it's, I just don't see the point of it half the time, you know? All these different quick images of naked bodies or nearly naked bodies and fit and in shape and all that's doing is being, especially as you swipe through somebody's Instagram wall or whatever, all that's doing to somebody who might be less strong-minded than a guy like me, for example, about the whole thing, is they're seeing different areas of inspiration and this is what I want to look like and I want to get to that and I want to get to that so that I can take the same photos and I'm going to do this and the cycle just continues to repeat itself. So 
the problem sometimes comes with actually looking at the sources and you know if the sources are the very professionals that are supposed to be making this industry better and making this a realis uh, realism for for most average people out there then we're we're off to the wrong start we're off to a bad start and we're starting on the wrong foot well yeah amen boom <laughs> so uh bopo um love it um i mean certain aspects get um get kind of lost in the wind. So when, when I, when I say that, I mean, Bopo is great. Like I always say, I always tell people love yourself before you love others, accept that we could all be better. We just need to work towards it. Right. Like that, that, that for me, but one thing and there's science around it. Um, and yeah, like you, there's a lot of, I'm going to train, but I'm going to eat whatever I want. Yeah. Long term, like, what do you, and, and it's not about judging bodies and seeing somebody 400 pounds and judging. No, it's not about that. But what you put in your body will, it's going to take an impact in your heart. Of course. Eventually. Of course. So what, what are your thoughts about that to the person that kind of blur the line and say, I'm going to be body positive. I'm not going to care what people think. I'm going to work out, but I'm also going to eat whatever I want. So I think that that person probably has a convoluted idea of what the entire movement was supposed to be about or intended to be about in the first place. Um, I suspect that the people, whoever they were, that started the, the tagline-worthy uh, body-positive tagline, uh, they weren't thinking that uh, it should be serving as an exemption towards eating whatever you want. It probably comes from making sure that your own self-worth is the all-time high. And so that you don't have insecurities going into the gym as not the most fit or in shape or, you know, lowest body fat percentage person in the room when you walk in. And there should be nothing, there should be no stigma attached to the fact that you are working out and you're in worse physical condition than somebody else because everybody's in the right place and everybody's doing the same, going after the same goals here, right? So that's where I think this should all sort of start is in terms of like, we got to think about the mental side of it. Now... As far as the idea to eat whatever you want because of the fact that you train and because I'm body positive, I think that that's being you. I think that's using that tagline as a crutch. I think that you haven't really solved the real issue because at the end of the day, okay, sure, your body fat percentage might not matter as much in the spectrum of athleticism, or your weight might not matter as much in the spectrum of athleticism. But things like your waist measurement and your heart health, they do matter, you know? And there is healthy, there are health ranges and there are unhealthy ranges for certain things that can be tracked, right? So if we continue to ignore those things, then it's just going to reinforce the same kind of um, lackadaisical thinking or the same kind of, uh, What's the word I'm looking for? Per overly permissive thinking towards um, the idea of what getting in shape or getting fit or becoming fitter or having goals fully entails. You know, I've heard before that uh, there there are there are trains of thought under the same category um, that have even said that if you have any type of tangible physique-related goals, then that's a reflection of a not proper amount of self-love that you don't love yourself in your current state. And it's like, well, that would rock the entire foundation upon which most personal training is even, is even formed. And it kind of upset me a little bit because of the fact that, you know, I'm a person that's never had any body image issues. I've been relatively athletic or very athletic all my entire life. So I don't come from that crowd, right? But if the spokespeople for the opposite side of the coin are only people who have come from 
areas of diminished self-worth or low self-esteem or some other form of broken or flawed state, then is this really the most balanced way? Are these really the most balanced people to look at this movement from? You know, and again, for the record, I'm not saying that this is who comprises everybody, but I'm saying that if those are people who are huge promoters of it, what about something that's a little bit more balanced, right? Um, could body positivity be a reflection of health negativity if it's spoken from the wrong spokespeople? It's a good thing to ask. Right. So, you know, I'm, I'm running the risk here of saying something that I probably shouldn't be saying or that I shouldn't have said already. But um, it is definitely worth bringing that under the microscope a little bit. Um, you know, what about what about body positivity for people who are in fantastic shape? Does that exist? Is it only sort of uh, is it only sort of uh, segmented or is this only compartmentalized towards people who are in those tough psychological times or who have been subject to maybe being picked on when they were younger or people who have been overweight quote unquote all their life like it's it creates a much deeper discussion about all of this than than most people are willing to have and i just i just really think that as far as the movement goes it's got to sort of be be aware of the fact that there are different layers different facets to it and uh if we start painting everybody with the same brush, then problems could come. Yeah, which is not. And like, no, it, 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 to me, and again, it, it might depend on what person you're reaching to that this might have offended. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I, as a kid, like I love to eat and I was always a beast and, and I got picked on and you know what? Gro like, and it was, it was horrible. And like, I cried and then I go at home and it, it was, it was one of the things that I hated, and that's why when I was 15, I joined the gym. I got, I got jacked, yeah. 40 pounds, three months, boom, yeah. confidence, sore up, great. But then something happened along the line, I lost it again, and then I went up and down again. And, it, and then I started to realize, like, okay, what's going on? But then, you know what, even up, to, up until a couple of years, I figured it out. After having some psychotherapy sessions, that it all came down to, like, um, my background when it came to like my parents and how I was treated and life and things and I and I love myself now and I accept it can I be better yes but we could all be better that's the thing is we can all be better right and so it shouldn't be the stigmatize we've seemed to stigmatize the idea of making progress or that not good enough is this sort of like the worst thing to ever say or the worst thing to ever think that there's room for improvement and so on and so all of a sudden this idea of being positive about your body and loving yourself and whatever else has sort of been transformed and has sort of you know devolved into this thing where it's like you know loving yourself equals thinking that any room for self-improvement is the plague and that's the part that i have a problem with right is that we can still have healthy goals. We can still have healthy desires that we want to make improvements upon. Like we haven't solved or beaten the game. Nobody has. And, um, you know, as long as it's coming from a place of balance and it's coming from a state of balance and, and uh, you know, a good mental state, you know, we, we should 
we should be okay with creating those goals and pursuing new goals. And if some of those goals include physique change, then they include physique change. If some of those goals include dropping body fat, then they include bo dropping body fat. If they include getting stronger or getting more mobile or more athletic or taking up a new hobby or sport or something like that, then great. If they include maybe reducing a certain uh, part of your diet so that it's less unhealthy for you, then that's great too. You know, so personally, I just don't think that, um, I don't think that a lot of people are looking at this the right way that they should, especially considering that not everybody has the same starting point or the same backstory to create the place where, from where, where, where we're sort of getting started here, right? And so if somebody like me, who's had none of those kind of issues before, at least to my knowledge, approaches this in terms of, okay, I have goals that I want to set for myself. Maybe it's for the sake of recreation. Maybe it's for the sake of hobby. Maybe it's because I think that being seven or 8% body fat is a wicked thing to want to go after for the challenge of it and nothing else. And for the record, I don't want that, but I'm saying, you know, what, what if, what if that was it? What if it was just for the challenge? I've competed all my life and I want to compete with myself for this game, you know, or what if it's something else? What if I want to get really strong because not because I want to do a powerlifting meet, but because I want to see if I can get there, you know, and maybe later on my my goals change. What my point is, is that when somebody has a different backstory that might not involve being picked on or being hurt or flawed or depressed or having anxiety and different other issues like that and body image issues, you know, it puts all this under a completely different sort of perspective. It has a completely different meaning to a lot of people that we can't sort of put all under the same umbrella. Yeah. So love yourself and uh, go from there. And it, it, I need, I needed to kind of talk about that. Thank you so much. And yeah, I mean, it's, it's something that people, I, I want people to kind of you know, hear from, from others, right? Because we all have different opinions and we all see different scenarios in terms of people that are approached by us and get different opinions. And yeah, just take yep. everything with a grain of salt and we have to stop being so sensitive when it comes to these things. Some yep. people may not agree. It doesn't mean, um, yeah, you don't have to go crazy for that, right? Right. You know, uh, sensitivity, that's a huge one, man. Like, that's the other thing is that like just like so much of culture right now is like extremely sensitive to what anybody says, does, doesn't do, doesn't say. And it's just like it's gone bananas right now. So, you know, one of the reasons why I put content out in the vein that I do or the type of content out that I do is to expose some of that or to try to show that like we are being a little bit too sensitive. And, you know, the truth is probably still the truth at the end of the day, even if you don't want to hear those truths, you know, you can't, we can't fake certain things. Like it's hard to fake athleticism. It's hard to fake being in fantastic shape versus not being in shape at all. You know, there are, even though there is a spectrum, there's still opposite ends of certain spectrums too that we have to appreciate and acknowledge and um, realize that hey depending on what our goals are or what we want or what our clients want or whatnot we have to sort of regard this stuff wow exactly just take it with a grain of salt and sensitivity sensitivity is a big thing it's um yeah all, all coming from the bodybuilder that you tell oh you you slim down a little bit what yep what yep. what uh, and that person goes they take it home with them they take it home and they person and they look and they eat and they train extra hard just for that opinion right and this is where i tell i and i rephrase it love yourself first don't give a shit about i'm gonna blur that out but don't give a shit about what other people think about you the only opinion is the one that matters to you however if looking for guidance 
Look for somebody that's going to understand what you're looking for. And then there's not going to be a yes man or a yes woman, right? Right. Right. Um, the other thing is, is that like, if you do want to enter a competitive sphere of any sort, whether it's weightlifting, whether it's powerlifting, whether it's bodybuilding or figure comp- uh, competition or uh, some kind of physique contest like that, um, I think that that's where the most important looks to your past matter. Because if you're going to enter a physique contest or you want to do a show or you want to do powerlifting or whatnot, and you're coming from a place where it's a balanced, healthy approach to it, then you're probably gonna fare a little bit better mentally in terms of having posts, when you're done, posts kind of, uh, I'll call it PTSD for lack of a better term about it, you know, where that scenario that you just rounded up in terms of somebody saying, oh, did you slim down? And they they, no, I'm trying to bulk. And then they take that home with them and they're getting all depressed about that, you know, where situations like that won't arise, you know? I've always said, you know, if you wanna do shows, then at least have a good, like, you know, five, six years of real, proper, good training under your belt so you know what this game's kind of all about before you start manipulating your physique for extreme versions of yourself that, um, that aren't necessarily natural. Let me interrupt you there. You, you said five, right? Yeah. And how, like, it's, it's crazy that I get these people. Like, and I, and I hear about these things. I heard about this girl that she, she never competed and... She was starting to train, and one year she got into competition. Yeah, and she her body spiraled. <laughs> it's crazy because you try to do X, Y, and Z when it comes to exercises. You try to deplete yourself of the carbohydrate portions, and yep. like she ballooned up, and then yeah. she's just like, "Whoa, I just want to do it again." And like, no, right. look, it's and like you said, it takes time. It takes time, and you can start going down a rabbit hole, and you start ended up getting into a slippery slope where. You're fluctuating all over the place and your psyche is going to hell because of it and so on. And then and then you're stuck. Um, something about all of that as well, what I've noticed, at least in the time that I've been doing this around here, is that a lot of people think that the natural next step, let's say somebody comes in and they're, they're far out of shape. They've got a lot of body weight and body fat that they need to lose in order to be a healthier person and so on. And so they go from being out of shape to just ripped, jacked, whatever. You know, and they train and they take their time. They did a year and a half in the gym or whatnot. They train with a trainer and they get those results and they look fantastic at the end of it all. You know, the natural next thing that a lot of, I'd say about 70% of those big transformation clients want to do for whatever reason is that I want to do a show. I hear it all the time. They lose 75 pounds and they gain a bunch of muscle and so on. They say, I want to do a show. The one, the one time thing? One time thing. The right? one time thing. Wanna, I want to look good one Time. And the funny part is, is that they come from a place where they were always judged and they were always being made fun of and picked on and mocked and all sorts of stuff by bullies in their schools and whatever else. And they were always, you know, not being in the social spheres that they wanted to be in because of their size or their weight or their look or whatever. And so they transform their body. Their confidence goes through the roof, so they say. And then... All they want to do is get back on a stage in front of a panel of judges to judge them again, you know? So it's just really funny how that all works and how that goes down. I don't personally think that when you, when you go through a situation like that, when you go through a situation where you've already known being judged, you already know what being judged feels like, and you already know what getting picked on feels like and so on, I don't personally think that 
getting into a position where you're on stage and you're in less clothing than you've ever worn before, probably in public, that that's going to result in you finding that mental calm that you never, I understand that it's an accomplishment, but I just don't think, I think that it might be counterproductive if you're coming from a place where you were a flawed person before in the sense of being, um, uh, being at a mental duress because of the way that you looked in the first place. Exactly. So Lee Boyce, when are we getting that book? When, uh, any thoughts about, uh, you that know, first book? When that, I know I it's, 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 not I've yet? gotten that question a few times and I don't even, I don't even know where I would start, man. But like, I do want to put something out at some point. I think that I'm not old enough yet. I think that I still have some time to spend in the game before I write something like it was a full book, even though I got all these articles out and whatnot. I think that, uh, I just want to get to maybe like 20 years deep or so. Right now I'm 12 years deep. I want to get to like, you know, 18, 20 years deep. And then I could talk about having, and that's how all the people that I really, really look up to, they kind of approached it. And I just want to make sure that yeah. I stay like them. You, sh you share a lot of different things that the, that the average trainer does not share. And, and I thank you so much for coming to the show. Is there any last, uh, Last thoughts about today. Uh, good talk. I don't, I don't even really know how to sum this up, but hey, listen, if you guys want to hear anything more about that sort of, those kind of uh, topics, my blog is chock full of that sort of thing. So uh, training.com, check that out. And also uh, I'll plug my social media across the board. It's at uh, Coach Lee Boyce, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. I have Instagram now. I never thought that I'd do this, but I'm four months into Instagram now. And I have Instagram. <laughs> So follow me on there as well. Hey boys, thank you for joining us today. No problem. It was a pleasure. Thank you for listening to the Wellness Vault podcast from Your House Fitness. If you like what you hear, don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and check out our weekly articles on our website.